I'm Dennis Mojado, amateur radio call sign AD6DM, and this is the Hamdom Thoughts Podcast. This is a podcast about amateur radio, prepping, software, and tinkering. Today I'm talking with KI6NAZ, Josh, known as Ham Online Personality behind Ham Radio Crash Course. Josh kindly accepted the invitation in one of his live stream after chats to return to the Hamden Thoughts podcast and catch up. So let's talk with Josh today. Stay tuned. Howdy, Josh. Welcome back to hey. the show. Hey, Dennis. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's a Friday when we're recording this. Very uh, glad that it's Friday. It's been a long, long week for me. Uh, same here. <laughs> yeah, and I heard you were you were doing a lot of work recently, right? So you've been you've been super yeah, busy, kind of doubling up on the work. Without getting into too much detail, uh, one of the managers, co-managers in my company, left, mm. and so basically, I'm doing two jobs. That's, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> and so it's really, it's like even today, today I just said, I talked to my boss. I said, you know what? I'm taking off after lunch. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. The burnout's like, real right now. He's like, have fun, man. I'm like, yeah, I need, I need a sanity half day. So yeah, I'm going. And so, yeah. yeah. Do you guys, uh, you, cause you're, you're going into the office, right? No, no, it's all work from home. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't have to deal with the commute and all that, but at the same time, it's, it is still meeting after meeting after meeting and, you know, yeah. it just wears on you. Yeah. I don't know how, I mean, the, the meetings are just absolutely insane right now. I've got, you know, I'm like quadruple booked every hour oh, yeah. in meetings that I'm supposed <laughs> to be in and I'm getting messages on why I'm not in this meeting or that mm-hmm. meeting. It's like, I'm already in a meeting. It's like, well, can you join the Skype for the other meeting? And then you can switch if you need to go into that meeting with the voice. And I'm like, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> they can't just look at your calendar and say, oh yeah, he's in, he's in something else. He's quadruple booked, but you know, he's not, he's not six times double booked. So let's, let's go and throw another one on there. So for my listeners, I'd be surprised if you don't know him, but Josh been on YouTube 14 years now. Going uh, on 14 yeah, 2006. Years? Is that how the or math works out? 15 years then. 15 years. Jeez, yeah. 210,000 subscribers right now. And uh, pretty well known in the ham community. Got a lot going on. Uh, you have any idea how many videos you have up now? How many you all see is in the realm of like 1,000, 1,100. Holy moly. Um, but how many have been privatized is probably closer to... 13 to 1400 i'm guessing oh wow yeah you did you had a vlog at a certain point right daily vlog that's right for over 600 days i daily vlogged (laughs) holy moly well that was good training i would say oh very good training yeah (laughs) yeah so one of the things i forget where i saw it maybe it was on twitter i was oh yeah i can't remember but I, i someone asked you know where do you have the time to do stuff like where do you get the time to read or do other things if you're if you're doing it? I think it was when you posted the podcast thing yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You had a picture uh, and an orange juice looking thing and 
and, and it was I like guess the drink. Was. That was then, a greyhound. That was a gin and grapefruit greyhound. That was the the beverage. There you go. I, I always jokingly tell people that I, I don't sleep, um, which is I don't get enough sleep. That that is a true statement. That is one hundred percent true. But it, I mean, just like we just said, right? When I was vlogging for six hundred days. The only way you can do something like that is if you have a pretty dialed together workflow. You, mm-hmm. you know how to take an idea, make a video out of it, edit it, and upload it. They're all processes that you have to learn to do that. And the more you do it, you kind of start to figure out how to make it faster, or at least how to make what you do 80% of the time as efficient as possible. And then the other thing is um, I don't really watch television. I know it's funny because we talk about movies and TV all the time on the podcast, but yeah. it's, it's more or less of like a, a seasoning on the, on the flavor of life versus something I go home and I turn the TV on. Mm-hmm. I am rarely mm-hmm. in a situation where I go home and immediately go to something where I consume content versus mm-hmm. I am making the content. I see. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I mean, my daily ritual is you know, meetings for the whole day, small break mm-hmm. for lunch. And then my wife gets home, bunch of chores, and then we veg out in front of the TV because that's our decompressed time. I mean, yeah. And, yeah. and I really don't know how else I could function. I mean, sometimes we go for walks, sometimes we ride mm-hmm. our bikes, mm-hmm. uh, but that's becoming rarer. It's surprising how much more you work, how much less you work out. <laughs> It, oh, it's true. That's a big yeah. problem. I'm, I'm feeling that, particularly yeah. with uh, with COVID. And you know, I, I would normally be walking everywhere, but I go to the office. I lock myself in my office, and then it's like I'm at home. Basically, I could just be at home doing the work I'm doing. Uh, a funny thing, my my wife and I, before we had kids, uh, we'd sit down to watch something, and I could maybe sit still for 15 minutes or so. And then I was up and I was in my office doing something like, you know, craning my head to look at the television occasionally. And she would say, like, (laughs) come just sit down. We're not spending any time together. And I'm like, well, technically, we're really not spending any time together right now. Anyway, we're watching a box. Yeah, we're we're not conversing. (laughs) We're not doing anything. We're watching someone else's creation, which is great. A lot of the times, you know, I, I love television and movies, but a lot of the times it's if I'm not doing something while I'm watching something, yeah. I get kind of crazy. Hmm. Well, Maybe it's AD. I don't and know. You're, you're talking about uh, the podcast and how that's a good time to talk with your wife. So you're spending at least four hours a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the greatest trick I <laughs> ever Having a one-on-one to- concert conversation. So, yeah. I mean, that's I, great. I suckered my wife into getting her ham license <laughs> and also sitting down with me four hours a week to talk. Yeah, <laughs> about stuff I want to talk about yeah, that's and, cool. and emails that everybody sends in that the, are topics that I also want to talk with yeah. them about. It's great. Yeah, that reminds me. I'm going to play this real quick before I forget. Oh, yeah. And then N-E-Y. This Thank is you, from Daniel. the last podcast. Mm. And now. Now, the aforementioned audio clip. It's the final email. <laughs> And that was that, fantastic. <laughs> I must say, I had to rewind that several times because I loved it so much. <laughs> the the audio processing that individual went through to make that sound halfway good was uh, was nice work. Oh boy, did you auto tune that? 
I didn't do it. That oh. was a, that was a listener. In fact, oh. I'll, I'll pull it up. Oh, yeah. Really? Someone else yeah. did that? Okay. I, I, I want to pull it up and give credit. The final email drop was from Matt. Oh, that's K O four E B E. He's oh, and actually man. the line in the email is really funny. He's like, all I was waiting for was a clean audio clip of Josh singing the song by himself. Well, three hours, 16 minutes, and 50, 50 seconds into episode 107, he finally gave it to us. <laughs> so it's a very funny email. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, shout out to that guy, man. That, that's, that's great work. Because uh, I thought you actually recorded that. <laughs> well, I did record it. Uh, but then he took the, the first recording and... and <laughs> process the heck out of it <laughs> yeah, to make it sound good awesome so um life of a youtube personality let's talk about that for a little bit i, I wanted to know mm -hmm. you're one of the foremost right now in the ham space as a as a youtuber and regular content maybe twice three times a week i'm noticing mm -hmm. yeah in addition to the podcast you also have pretty active facebook page and a discord you have after chats where you're talking to your listeners every week um, <laughs> yeah so i mean what it's like what, what is that like people start kind of uh you know because you're almost a daily part of their lives at a certain point especially in this covid uh time yeah. that we have people probably start assuming that they know you i think there's a level of like comfort that people have particularly mm -hmm. when they when they discourse have a discourse with you uh, in comments on YouTube, uh, sometimes on the after chat, but I, I generally the after chats are, are always really, really cool. Everybody's everybody's super great on the after chats. There's only been a couple of outstanding moments. And, and even then it's like, man, it's no big deal. The comments on YouTube are more or less than where you get the saltiest folks. But a lot of the time, even that, I think it's, I think there's a certain operating level that most people are at on the internet being semi-anonymous that they can just kind of throw things around and be a little bit more gruff but then when you mm -hmm. when i end up replying to people they're like oh well i didn't mean it exactly like that <laughs> I, I meant da, 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 da. and i'm like oh okay yeah that makes sense and then you know boom 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 the, the reality is is that uh, there's a term and i always screw it up it's called conver conversational respect and it's the general concept that when you're having a disagreement with someone, or, or maybe you're just having a discussion, it kind of turns roughly into a disagreement or could be taken in the way of an agreement or a disagreement or potentially the person's insulting you. Unless I am fairly confident of that person's intentions, I won't assume the worst case or assume the, mm -hmm. the most negative thing. I will ask for clarification to make sure that they were truly trying to insult me or disagree with me in this specific <laughs> way. So I understand because so often everybody just jumps to conclusions, right? They, they jump to, everybody makes all kinds of assertions about what they think I do, um, companies that work with me, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think people jump to these huge conclusions that I'm, I'm who knows what. Um, but most often, it's probably much less than whatever you expect it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's definitely not some nefarious thing or you know some kind of big coup that everybody's working together and, and all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinly veiling many comments and I'm sure you're thinking of too, but, or the listener, dear listener is also thinking of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just curious about that because I've always noticed that you've, you, you're unflappable, especially mm -hmm. like Live streaming to me is uh, somewhat terrifying, and I know many have tried, many have failed. 
<laughs> but I fail and I keep trying. That's the difference. And the thing is, you know, I've, uh, you know, I would say a handful of times I've noticed, I would say, uh, provoking comments or maybe, you know, things where people are, are starting to get polarized and you're, you're pretty unflappable about those things. You, you just kind of take it in stride. Sometimes I think the best reaction is that you just move on. But yeah. sometimes you do confront something that's going on in the chat or, or what people are saying. That's, I think that's also what helps draw people, more people in for mm-hmm. you, for your channel. It's a, it's a community thing, right? Like yeah. if you're watching somebody live, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way, right? You're going to see the, the zit that is the error or mistake that I do, which happens all the time. <laughs> and the only difference is that you just like say, okay, well, I'm not going to stop live streaming because I had a little tiny issue. I am having fun and there is more information I want to get to. So I'm just going to keep going. And then as far as, you know, comments that come in that maybe run the, run me the wrong way or whatever. It's kind of like the worst thing I can do is reply to them. The worst mm-hmm. thing I can do is feed into that and derail the message that I'm trying to convey. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. if I'm put slides together, you guys also got to keep in mind. I don't just like click a button and go, well, now I'm going to talk about this today. No, it, it takes yeah. hours beforehand. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working before I hopped on the podcast with you, I'm working on tomorrow's show mm-hmm. and I've been working on it for the last couple of days because it, it takes time. Yeah. Particularly yeah. if it's something new I've never done. So to derail the whole thing to reply to somebody that's kind of trolling in the comments, I think I'm doing a disservice to the time I've already invested and to the people that are listening and watching, right? Yeah. Sometimes some of my uh, favorite streams too have been when it gets derailed, but in a good way. Like we just take off on a tangent, a topic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I love that. I mean, that's that's the entire basis of the podcast. If you really like that kind of stuff, go listen to that thing. Yeah. But the, the live streams generally, I try to have a little bit more focus. And I, that's that has evolved over time. If you were watching me back in like 2018, those were rough, right? We were, we were kind of just feeling out how to do multi-camera shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a much smaller workspace that I could do the live stream in. You had kids banging on the door, you know, <laughs> uh, you know all that crazy stuff that happened. Um Christmas lights that are just obliterating everything with RF, oh, you yeah. know, that those are always some people's favorites. It, it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's a ride. It's a, it's supposed to be a show. It's yeah. not a tight 10, tight 15 minute video. It's yeah, just yeah. a show. Yeah. And you, you, that, that's kind of the thing that cracks me up. You already mentioned it. People get home, they turn on the TV and they veg out. Well, this is just that it, it's just that, but on a live stream on YouTube. That's, that's kind of what it is. Hopefully it's a little more than that though, that there's some knowledge in there that people learn something. Yeah. You made a comment and I'm trying to remember where it was, whether it was uh, a recent video or if it was on stream where you mm-hmm. said, yeah, go for it. Or maybe it was a podcast. You're talking about go for uh, an idea to start a, a channel, mm-hmm. but YouTube and ham radio, ham radio YouTube is a little bit saturated right now. That's what stuck in my mind is what you said. And you said you're going to have to really find kind of a, a passion, a niche in that, in what you're doing in ham radio. And yeah. that's what you would have to focus on. And that got me thinking, that made me think a little bit about how, yes, if I look at my typical week, it's filled Monday through Friday yep. with various YouTubers that I 
pretty much have, feel like I have to watch. <laughs> I can't miss out. You know, I, right. it's almost this FOMO thing where I have to be, oh, I got I to gotta get in on those streams and I'm always team replay. And then on, on the weekends, you got coffee and ham radio and I, I'm always waking up way too late for, for those and I have to go yep. team replay on that. And it's almost like another form of that entertainment. And I actually talk about this in my pre, uh, recently recorded podcast episode, the one before this one. I listened um, to that one. The no, one it's actually one that's yourself, not, right? it's not released yet. I'm still editing it. Oh, oh okay. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> where I talk with, um, with scout 75 about that. And I say that it's almost like this is our entertainment. Ham radio mm-hmm. has become entertainment for some where it's about kind of gear reviews and seeing the latest, greatest and watching the latest YouTubers. And our advice in that podcast was, all right, put away the computer, get out there, practice something, go practice something, right? Go train in something uh, because you can't get too caught up in the feeling that you're missing out on various content that's, that's being released every, pretty much every day, right? It, yes, and there is content being released every day. And, and saturation was kind of a, a probably harsher term than I needed to use. There is a huge amount of ham radio content that is getting created now. Yeah. And that's all good. That's not a negative thing. Saturation wasn't meant as a negative. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I would agree that you have to, and I think I only really started to appreciate this as my channel started getting more popular. I was just a butterfly. I would just fly around and kind of do whatever I wanted to do with my time. And everything was just, I, f- I was able to fit it all pretty much in. And hey, if I miss something, I'll catch up with it tomorrow. Uh, now it's like, if I don't start the newsletter on this day of the month, I'm going to be rushing to get it done. And, oh, I got to get the, the patron picks vote out. And I have to have, a, you know, if I want to do a guest, I got to get them preloaded in the emails. Then you've got Ham Nation. Ham Nation has multiple days of setup and that's twice a month, if, if not more. Um, you start to kind of, I guess, grow up a bit with with how your time is fleeting and you got to ration it out appropriately. I have now made better calendars that kind of break down my week so that I can kind of look at it at a, at a high level. I'm still not totally, I, I don't have that level of intensity where I can break down like by the hour what I should be doing because yeah. that's impossible with two kids and a wife, I feel. <laughs> um yeah. But no, that was that was a realization I, I had to come to, and in, in fact, you know, I'll, I'll mention, I've I've gotten to the point where the only time I drink any kind of beer or anything is on the podcast and the live stream, because I found that you know if I come home and I had a rough day, I crack open a beer and I sit down, all of a sudden that turns into two, and that thing I was supposed to get started on the next video or just getting on a net you know, like the HRCC, HF net, that kind of stuff. All of a sudden I get sidetracked and then I'm not doing it. So even that kind of stuff, I had to start reining in to be focused on what's important to me. Yeah. So you've kind of designed your schedule in a way that you are constantly moving and, you know, you pretty much have, like you said, the workflow down pad so that, you know, okay, on this given day, I need to be working on this right now. I, I call it a guide because like again, I, I know thing. that what's that? It's like a moment, momentum thing, right? Yeah. Because if I don't, I'm going to be late all the time and then I'm going to have, 
you know, a huge problem trying to catch up. In fact, my, my big struggle right now is just maintaining all the ongoing emails that I have going on. Oh, like yeah. I, I almost have to set aside an hour to remind myself every day to catch up on emails for people that have emailed me and are waiting for me to like email them back for the next thing I've got to do or tell them this, that, or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. There's the saying, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. So I've heard that before. I, I, yeah, I, I think it, I think it lines up with just my personality. If I don't really sit still, mm-hmm. even, even when I I'll watch television or a show that I find interesting, I even do that kind of intensely. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just binge watch it until 4am and then I'll be like, well, what happened? But I was telling myself the entire time, well, I'm just going to get it all done. And then I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be this thing that's that's dragging on me and holding me back. You know, I, I can just, I'm done now. I can move yeah. on with my life, right? I attempted to do that with Stranger Things. I, I couldn't make it through the whole season and once sit down. So, I Which season? One uh, or two? I think it was like two. Okay. Where we the whole family was excited. And then we just all sat down. And then some people just kind of dropped off or said, I'm going to bed. I'll catch up later. Mm-hmm. And then me and my son were just like, okay, we're going to do this, you know? And then right around 2 a.m. I was just like, uh, I think I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll finish it up later. <laughs> I, I feel like the first one was the better. I mean, that's kind of how they always go. Right. But, um, yeah. I definitely like the first season of stranger things. Yeah. Well, given all this momentum, all this, you know, continuous stuff that you're, you're cycling through, is there ever a period where you hit writer's block where you're just like, what's next? What am I doing next? I mean, I know you have the patrons pick, you have kind of this mm-hmm. running list that we talked about and in, in the last time we talked, but is there a point where you're like, okay, that idea wasn't going to work. What am I going to do now? And then you're just kind of stuck. The, the got the list that I keep the, the patrons and, and the comments that they provide, all that stuff keeps me more than busy. If I, if I ever got to a point where I was lacking in, something to talk about. Mm -hmm. That is not a problem. Mm -hmm. What I've found more often than not is I'm getting to the point where I kind of have to really feel it for the video that I'm going to make. Like there's a couple of videos that I have started and kind of put back on the shelf and started and put back on the shelf. And and it's, it's something that I will make eventually, but I always end up getting more passionate about something that I can, I'm, I'm into. And, and if I'm into it, that's what's getting done. And I've found that as long as I'm doing that, it's, a, it's difficult to burn out, right? Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you focus on what you like doing and what you're passionate about, it, it's more fulfilling and rewarding and enjoyable to do. Okay. So what are some of the things that you like? I mean, you cover the gamut of ham radio. You've gone from Arden all the way to, you know, HF soda. I mean, what are the the things that are exciting you these days? You know, every, it, it feels like every year, and this is about the right time, I start getting into Morse code again. I was mm-hmm. chasing some POTA contacts last week, uh, last weekend. Actually, my son was with me and he, um, I explained how he can key his name. So he knows his name now, which I was like, man, I think oh, wow. I told it to him once and he got it. Like, man, kids, kids make this look too easy. So I'm back on kind of the Morse code train. I'm I'm hopefully going to change some things up where I'm going to be able to get a little bit more free time that I can finally get back uh, to the Long Island CW Club and kind of get a little bit better at receiving 
most people all get stuck with receiving Morse code. I'm yeah, no different yeah. than all of you. So yeah. that's that's what I got to work on. Uh, esoteric digital modes are kind of like my jam, particularly ones that have really novel features that people just don't know about yet. I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I just geek out as, as hard as everybody else does to cool radios, like when they come out, mm-hmm. as well as antennas. So that's always a lot of fun. And just portable operation. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of the people whose primary videos are them operating. I, I just love mm-hmm. that because I, I want to be out operating and I, I, I don't have the free time most of the time to get out and do it. Mm-hmm. I, my Sundays usually are kind of catch up days, mostly for family time. And, you know, that hot B-roll that I didn't shoot during the week on a standalone video or catch up on some editing, all that stuff. So it's, it's always a, a challenge to, to go portable. That, that's kind of my, f- yeah, my yeah. favorite things to do. I've been playing around with portable, uh, mostly mm-hmm. packet lately. I've been tweeting a lot about it. Uh, I, feel like I've, I feel like Cam4 ACK and, and folks like that have, have been talking about this forever uh, the tech prepper also, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, I use this tool out in the field and I feel like such a slow poke just now discovering the coolness and you, I can actually blame you. You are the catalyst because you did that video about the Android tablet. And I realized yeah. how easy it is to hook into a TNC and do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. And, uh, packet is cool. Yeah. Pack, it's super cool. I've always been interested, even when I first became a ham and I was a tech back in like, you know, 2000, I, I wanted to get on packet radio. I just, I didn't know how to look up where a station was, where I could connect to a node. I had a TNC, uh, what is it? The Cantronics KPC three plus. That's, I, that's the one. Yeah. That's the 128 still whole kilobytes of whatever <laughs> memory. You're right. Internal and, memory. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I got 128 kilobytes, man. I can put like five whole emails on this. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was kilobytes back then, I think. It wasn't megabytes, right? I'm, I, I know that they've improved it recently. They've added a USB-B port on the back of it. That's the one I use. Yeah. Uh, it, same concept, though, right? Yeah. But then I ended up returning it to HRO, and they gave me a stern look. And then I got a oh. 15% restocking fee because I, so, I just didn't know how to use it. Oh yeah. So th- did did you pull up the manual for that thing? Yeah, the manual is intense. Yeah, it's got There's, all these commands. It's it crazy. It is a tome. <laughs> you you have to like be very focused on the specific thing you want to do with it because that device will do a ton of stuff. A ton. Yeah. It took me, man. That took me a solid. It took. I feel like it took me a solid two weeks of working on that thing to get semi confident that I could do traditional packet radio run a packet station with a pbbs on it yeah. personal or you know bulletin board system yeah and then uh flip it over into kiss mode to run aprs through it yeah so i mean i still have daydreams of doing that i have another cantronics kpc3 plus in my garage and i have a aero osj j pole i want to make a ad6dm station at my house there you go and uh you know have a BBS and all that kind of stuff. But um, the Android tab- tablet in particular, it just opened up because I was like, whoa, there's a WinLink client for Android? Amazing. Yeah. So I did that for a while. Did that while I was traveling. I went to Vegas, tried out the, the WinLink 
RMS out there worked perfectly. And then uh, couldn't quite get a, a APRS droid to work. Okay. Uh, I was trying to beacon my position and it wouldn't work. So I was like, what's going on here? I realized I had to be outside and get GPS locked for that yeah, to right. work. But yep. basically, then I discovered the SMS GTE, the texting mm-hmm. via APRS. And I was like, oh, wow, I can use this. This is cool. And so now it's just figuring out other ways of using either my Kenwood KISS TNC or now the TNC3 from MobileLinked, MobileLinked mm-hmm. and using that for like uh, different uh, Windows applications as well. I mean, that's my portable right now is just trying to break it down to its simplest thing so I can send texts, write emails, send messages to other hams uh, without the grid. Yeah. Are you using the Kenwood D74? Yes. Okay. That makes your life a little bit easier. I I know on your last podcast, when you were talking about that setup, you were wondering if there was another radio that did Bluetooth and APRS together. There is. It's that uh, HGUV98. I did a review of it. The problem is it doesn't do APRS messaging on the handheld. You have to interface it with a tablet, but it will do APRS, uh, full-featured APRS with the radio and the tablet, but it won't let you access whatever it is TNC-wise that's running inside of it. So that's very frustrating. So you can't use it like a client uh, You can't use it for WinLink. Yeah. No. Okay. Got it. There is a cool little new hack. Uh, It's not new, but I found out about it. Uh, The beacon comment when you do APRS, if you put WinLink in there, you'll get an APRS back that tells you if you have mail in your inbox. Yep. I was watching traffic and I was like, how are people getting, you have five pending messages. And so I was watching mm -hmm. it for a little bit. And I Oh, you told me that. No, no, I didn't. You didn't. Okay. No, but I did notice it. I was like, how are people getting WinLink uh, notifications via APRS? Because that would be useful. Yeah. And um, then I noticed that that they were including the, the WinLink in their messages. Because you see the raw, it's all streaming right. through on, on, the, on the tablet. It's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I've taken deep dives, some of them dead ends, because I know I'd never get those things. Like I, I, I found out last night about the SES TNC, the, oh. what do you call that? SES Tracker uh, DSP TNC. And it's basically like a marine type thing that you use that does robust packet on HF. Oh. So you can do like 30 meters and they use it a lot in Europe. But interesting. That was another way that you could text someone from the middle of the ocean on HF. And it's Pactor too. And it has nice. a Pactor. It has all the other stuff and it has traditional packet, but it has this thing called robust packet, which is intended for HF. And, and so this is not interesting to you or this isn't? This, it's prohibitive and expensive. And it's also kind of impractical in the U.S. because there's only like two robust packet stations in the whole U.S. Ah, but um, I see. 30 meters, you could probably hit them. One's in like Indiana or something like that. One's in the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, it's like $342 though. So it's... Yeah. it's but I was looking at some of the other chunk. SES products. They have Pactor 4. They, those run up to like $2,000 for those modems oh yeah they're very expensive so i was like and actually a lot of the guys that do ale they they use these modems yeah so it's gone on all kinds of tangents but again i'm i'm looking for practicality and so that kind of leads to my next question about your thoughts Mm. about 
just how everything in ham radio seems to be this janky modularity. <laughs> it's like I got a ton of cables. I got all these wires uh, to my battery, to my radio, to my interface, to my cat control, to, you know, and it's simplified nowadays with the 705. You just got one USB cable or you use Bluetooth. But for most makers or creatives who want to do something that's kind of non-traditional with ham radio experiment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about, let's go out portable and you know, this is my, my go bag situation. I'm I'm going to bug out right now. And then you're carrying with you like 15 little (laughs) tiny plastic cases and cables. It's, it's just to me seems so ridiculous almost if you look at it from the outside, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, let's let's try and draw a parallel line between the modularity of ham radio and like consumer electronics, right? So why did why did uh, Betamax disappear? Because VHF ended up garnering a larger market share, and all the companies that were making Betamax mm-hmm. realized that their profit margins would start to go down if mm-hmm. the consumer base stopped buying Betamax. So they retooled their machines and started cranking out VHS. And then eventually Betamax went the way of the dinosaur as everyone adopted VHS. I loved Betamax tapes. They were great. They were better quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, HD DVDs versus Blu-ray, right? Same concept. Well, we don't really have that in ham radio because our consumer base isn't really large enough that could sway large manufacturers from giving up license agreements proprietary designs of chips and hardwares that they're using to take on a competitor's chip design, which also they have their own copyrights and restrictions and trademarks in in play. So by its very nature of just the retail space of ham radio, it's going to remain that way because our our consumer base just isn't big enough to force one company to to take over and standardize. The the closest thing you've seen is, is Kenwood saying, Oh, just we're just going to use D-Star. Forget this. You know, <laughs> we're not going to come up with our own digital mode uh, for running on VHF, UHF. We're just going to use D-Star. Let's do that. That's that's a great example of something like that. Mm-hmm. There are standards like APRS, right? That's standardized. That's a twenty-five, you know, packet. Um, but then our very so there's the there's their background with the with the line drawing a line to commercial electronics. But then if you start thinking about our hobby. What is this hobby built on? It's built on people homebrewing radios and yeah. homebrewing antennas and trying to make a slightly improved or not improved necessarily, but a better solution for them and their specific application. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden they they have a less efficient antenna, but hey, it's super portable and it fits in my back pocket, right? Mm-hmm. And I can only run QRP with it, you know, whatever. But that's kind of what I see is happening is it's just a, it's a, it's a hobby slash service where we're almost like a bunch of crazy mad scientist inventors <laughs> coming up with our own specific ways of doing something. And if enough mad scientists say, hey, I like what you did there, I'm willing to pay you X amount of dollars for you to save me the time and energy of having to do that on my own. Can you sell it to me? And then all of a sudden you got this little cottage industry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what it is. It's just this disjointed cottage industry of, of people who are into radio. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember first getting into FT eight. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, I would say end of 2018, finally getting all that stuff all set up, ALC, all the tweaks, all the configs. Yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of stepped back from my, my creation signal link. <laughs> 
<laughs> two cables running out, one to the computer, one to the signal link, and then the power and all this stuff. Started to get in the home-built battery, so there was that whole mess too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, this is really, really cool, but I wish there was a way that I could just package this all together better, you know? And one hundred percent. And I know we're getting there because I mean that's what the seven oh five is doing, right? Yes. It's it's got a Wi-Fi node built into it. It does Bluetooth. You don't it has one cable for for doing CAC control and frequency, but you could just do wireless if you wanted to. What a novel concept, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I I see a lot more of that in the future. I, I think that's the way things are going. Yeah. We need to build a Raspberry Pi into one of these radios one of these days. Yeah. How, <laughs> have you always had, you've always had good luck with Raspberry Pis, right? You use them pretty uh, often. The, I got a lot of them. Yeah. I have one right now blinking with its Sherry node connected to it. And yeah. I'm always, I'm always curious of who's going to come up with the, the right hardened Raspberry Pi solution for taking in the field. Mm-hmm. Because to me, the Raspberry Pi is kind of like always the weak, the weak link of the chain. I mean, we know radios are, are vulnerable to weather and all that, but yeah. the Raspberry Pi has got, it's just an open board that you, <laughs> you've likely got it slammed in a 3D printed case. Yes. It's, it's not going to do very well at all for you. And it's kind of, sometimes they just eat themselves on that SD card and it just stops working, right? And yeah. you, can, you can plan around it, but I'm waiting for something a little bit more robust. I think that's part of the reason why I started carrying around that, uh, that mini laptop. Yeah just to have something that's a little bit more fully enclosed because pies are the same way. You start, well, I want a screen. Well, okay. Um, are you going to put it in a box or are you just going to have a screen with a cable that's coming <laughs> off the side of it that you also have to power with yeah. its, you know, its own supply and all that. So that's another battery. And then you've got a, an Anderson's or a power pull breakout switch thing that you're, packing along with you so you just keep adding all this more stuff into it it's like well what if i just had a really small laptop how's that work oh okay that, that that'll get you part of the way yeah, there yeah i've gone the same route I, I don't i don't really use a raspberry pi for ham radio but i love the fact that it's compact form factor uh i talk more about you know just the concept of a what do you call those system on a chip soc right uh-huh that you build into a radio and will run a certain OS and mm-hmm. allows for the digital operation. You can install things on it. It'll run, you know, run your different apps that you use for a lot of the common or even some of the uncommon digital modes that we like to use nowadays. So that was kind like, of the dream of the GSOC, right? The yes. Shagu GSOC. Remember yeah. that tablet thing? Like everybody yeah. was like, I think it's got Linux in it. I think it's just a tablet inside there. I wonder if we could get root access to that thing and we could just load all of our apps and we could just use that. And it was like the dream that never, never was achieved. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears here. I mean, I, I know that you kind of had a, you've guest starred like on, on different other YouTuber channels uh, that aren't necessarily related to ham radio. So mm-hmm. like modern rogue, I believe. Yep. And then, uh, what's Mike's channel name again? Uh, Fieldcraft. Fieldcraft. Fieldcraft survival. survival. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so what are some of the other YouTubes that you like to watch? Not necessarily ham radio, but you know. Oh, I watch a lot of like camera reviews, stuff that I, you know, you'd buy if you were making YouTube videos. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of that. What's I, I love. There's a channel. I always mention them. Red Letter Media. 
they're the they're the YouTubers YouTube channel is sometimes referred to. Everybody that's a YouTuber or somewhat in the space, they all love red letter media, which they they make movie reviews. That's the mm-hmm. simplest way I could put it, but it's so much more than that. Uh, I love those videos. Oh man, I, I I'm usually so to be honest, I do the one thing I do watch is YouTube videos, and it's often kind of running in the background when I'm dinking around with slides or you know, working on a computer to get ready for the live stream or whatever it is I'm, I'm doing, even so much as like just before I'm going to turn the record on and start doing B-roll or overhead shot or whatever, I usually have YouTube running. Um, God, there's so many channels I'm subscribed to. I like EDC videos where, where people are talking about cool little effective gear stuff that they carry to make their lives easier. Um, there's one I'm missing that I've been watching a lot of lately and I can't remember it for some reason. I will say I do watch TikTok before I go to bed though. That's a thing I've started doing. <laughs> TikTok. Which is a lot of fun. Didn't Charlie get on TikTok? He's doing something. Yeah, Charlie's on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. Ham Radio 2.0 is on TikTok. There's a decent number of us out there, but ham so ham TikTok was a thing. But I've noticed that like some of the videos, there's there, people aren't producing them like they initially were. So I don't know what's going on. I can't. I haven't, I haven't figured out what's happening. Yeah, I haven't really gotten into TikTok. I I was a Vine addict for a while. Oh yeah, so the uh, that was like the OG. Yeah, to, so uh, pretty much uh, that was TikTok to me. But then when I started seeing the TikTok videos, I was like, this is pretty much Vine. It's just uh, a lot it's- more intense of an algorithm that hooks you in. It's a little, I, I, I argue that it's better. They've done a lot more with it. Um, oh, William Osman. That's one of the channels I okay. listen to. He's, he's an engineer, builds things, you know. Um, okay. Really funny guy. Not right. ham radio related. A yeah, lot right. of these guys should be ham radio related, I feel. Like smarter every, is it smarter every day? Yeah, he's a ham out of uh, mm-hmm. Huntsville, I believe. I'm writing so I do this watch down too. so I can check these guys out. Oh, yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun. Um, man, there's another guy, Technology Connections. Have you ever watched him? Nope. That's a good one, too. Technology Connections. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you, YouTube's such a crazy place. It, it, it is. I, I, this is a little bit of a tangent. I apologize. I, I was listening to someone talk about how the Emmys, which was just held, was like an all-time low in viewership. And the primary marketing segment, which is like, 29 to 49 year olds was also all time low turnout. Hmm. It's starting to feel like people are kind of turning off the traditional media and they're going more towards things that are directly servicing their hobby or the interest of the hobby or their um, interests that they have. And they're finding a lot of solutions for that on YouTube, right? And Twitch, you know, whatever it is, their platform of choice, if you will, or, or possibly TikTok even. TikTok, is, the numbers are insane on TikTok, the people that, that use it and download yeah, the app. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to ask my, uh, my teen. Definitely. Uh, she's always on that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. That, that's one thing. That, talking about things of rationing your time, you got to be really careful with TikTok, man. You'll, be, sit, you'll sit down and you'll get up and you're like, what the hell just happened? It's like an hour and 30 <laughs> minutes have gone by and you're like, these videos are 60 seconds. What happened? Uh, it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. 
uh, Tank Radio and uh, Wild Cascadia Radio just recently had a live stream, uh, and they had a. They, it was a kind of a short one. I wish it went longer, but mm. they they talked a little bit about anonymity in ham radio mm-hmm. and uh, the concept of gray man, and I know yeah. that this kind of this is a tangent too, but it was one of the things that I thought about because I know that you have uh, kind of that in meeting with Fieldcraft Survival and all of them that, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a, a topic that comes up and I, I've heard you offhand t- say things like this before. Yeah. I just wanted to hear any of your thoughts on, on just that, you know, trying to stay anonymous in a hobby where we publish our addresses and pretty much put ourselves out there. And even in the YouTube space or in the social media ham radio space, we're basically saying, here I am, this is me. And, mm-hmm. But at the same time, maintaining some, some kind, some level of privacy. Uh, yeah, I watched that live stream, and I'll I'll probably flesh out some things that were said there just a little bit. Although um, they did a good job. So the first, I I agree with what they said, and it should be stated right up front that if you are interested in getting your license, and you have the the cash that you can pay for a PO box, you should have that in place before you get any license, before you do anything within ham radio, because then you just provide the PO box. There is no back tracing further down your, um, your account, if you will, on the FCC website that people can do. Mm-hmm. But every time you upgrade, you keep using that PO box. If yeah. you go on mine, if you, if you know what, what you're doing, um, you'll see my PO box. But if you go further, you can find addresses where I used to live, right? Mm-hmm. In the different times that I've had to update my address as I as I was a, a ham. And yeah, that that's just out there. It's just available to the public. And I don't think that's great, but I also appreciate Tank's argument that he made of, well, we kind of do need that given that ham radio is not a very policed hobby by the FCC. Yeah. And it is entirely possible that uh, under no fault of your own, you have some kind of malfunctioning radio that is just errantly causing interference. Well, having the ability to kind of find your location, you know, if, if you get direction find or DF or whatever, and they get to your house and you're like, oh, he's a ham. Okay, cool. You can knock on the door and say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but you got a radio that's that's been going crazy uh, for the last week or so. Maybe maybe yeah, check into yeah. that versus it being you know not a ham radio operator. And then, yeah, you probably do need to get the FCC involved, right? So the, the self-policing aspect of the hobby, I feel, is, is good, but I feel like it's also, it, it's we're getting to a point where we have to maybe start looking at that you know, the, the, the future of it. And does it really matter as much that people know where everybody lives? I, I think the FCC probably should, but should all hams know, need to know that, or mm-hmm. maybe make it something that is, you can toggle a switch on whether it's public or not, mm-hmm. or maybe let you know, maybe have the FCC let you decide which one address you want displayed and then maybe don't show all the rest of them that existed in the yeah. past or um, <laughs> it's forever. You, right. It's kind of this forever <laughs> thing, which kind of feels a little weird. Yeah. Uh, there, the comment on gray man though, that that's a, that's a really interesting one. And, and I know wild cascadio radio. She described it a certain way. I describe it a little bit differently. 
the gray man concept is you want to look like an everyman and blend in. That's what that's kind of what Wild Cascadia was saying. Anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It goes a little bit further than that, though, where you are purposely wearing things that don't draw attention, and you're purposely doing things that make you disappear in the crowd, as it were. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a you know, uh, if you really like what a 511 tactical, right? You've got your 511 tactical pants on, you got a button down shirt, 511 tactical, and you've got a 511 tactical backpack on. Well, the folks who know tactical people or people in that space see you. You pop out to them. You, you look like someone that is a part of that community, potentially. If you were, for some reason, wanted to fly under the radar, what would you get? Uh, a bunch of Target pants, uh, something without really any flashy brands or or logos or anything on it, a couple of solid colored shirts, a pullover button-down shirt, maybe flannel, but even then muted colors. And what's the backpack that you should be carrying? A Jansport backpack, (laughs) right? Uh, Because it's the most innocuous thing ever. No one knows. No one's going to care what you have. And that, that actually goes further into you potentially being the victim of a crime, right? You don't want to have a flashy rich wristwatch, jewelry, um, again, a, a, a blingy backpack or something that's very that stands out. You kind of want to blend in. Tourists, you know, will will sometimes take on a lot of these tips when they're in areas that are not the safest places and they kind of want to just fly under the radar. That's yep. that's what Gray Man is to me. And I think there's ham radio gray man, which is kind of funny because you know, name a time uh, where you go set up in a park, right? What happens? A bunch of people run up to you like, yep. <laughs> are you talking to the aliens today? <laughs> well, you know, you could you could elect to do, you know, a, a real thin wire that you kind of hid in a tree and you used a throw line that isn't bright yellow, like is the throw line we always use. You used a black throw line. And instead of, a, you know, putting a laptop out on a table and doing this, that, and the other, well, what if you had the antenna like going into your backpack, which connects to the feed line or whatever um, into your radio. And then you're just sitting there on your phone and your phone is connected to the radio. So you're just like a dude, you're just sitting there. Right. Yep. So that, that's a thing that that's um, I think there, that has, that appeals to some people and on the everyday for me, I would never do that. I want to put the big antenna up. I want people to come talk to me. I want to, to draw more people into the hobby. But if we were in a situation where I needed to be a little bit more discreet, mm-hmm. I think erecting an antenna, if you know there's something bad going on, would be a really bad thing to do. So having the ability to do this kind of gray man ham radio clandestine radio setup is is pretty cool. I think. Yeah, like if you're going to a wedding or something like that, right? Yeah, actually, that was that was the <laughs> impetus of that whole gray man uh, concept of. I I am blending in with the, the the wedding crowd, but does anyone know I'm I'm loaded with radio equipment and I'm I'm listening to the radio at all times. <laughs> you just emanating RF, invisible yeah, RF waves. That's right. That's right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm violating exposure limits left and right, even on yourself. All these radios next to your skin. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did do a check on that, and I think. In limited, it's all about the 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 exposure time, right? I, I obviously wouldn't wasn't transmitting when people were around me, and I keep transmissions relatively brief, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think I only made like one or two contacts that evening, but it was kind of like more for the purpose of trying than anything. <laughs> That's right? way more contacts I ever made in a wedding. 
<laughs> That's right. See? Yeah. They should have that weddings on the air and you get one contact and you've activated. <laughs> right. That's right. I, I like that. That that would be funny. Wait, so you, that's a bad thing though, because we're gonna get we're gonna get all we're gonna get like blogs, wedding blogs coming after ham radio yeah. operators, and we're gonna get blacklisted from yeah. from give uh, us from a bad weddings. name. Give us a yeah. Don't do that, guys. Be a good <laughs> steward of radio always. So you mentioned in a past post that the googly eyes have been retired. Your Logitech webcams have been yeah. retired. Yeah, you're uh, looking at me through a Sony. Um, what is it? The single lens reflex. Oh, okay. The uh, what is that? One of those alpha cameras. Oh, the the mirrorless. Yeah, sorry, mirrorless. Yeah, this is the. Oh God, it's the, it's that new one they came out with the VZE10 or the ZVE10. Mm, okay. Um, it's it's the cheaper alpha. So okay. I, I have an alpha 6400, which I love. All, all my videos for the past year or so have been shot on that. But this little guy is actually really cool. Um, that with this, with this camera, I can do a lot of stuff that the alpha a, a 6400 can't do like what I'm doing right now. It does the webcamming thing really easy. And so that makes, it's just a multi-tool of, of creation kind of, and it's, it's a fun little, fun little camera. Yeah. I just wanted to ask about that. So mm. you had, you, you've been streaming forever with just a plain old Logitech 1080p webcam. Uh-huh. That your wife stuck googly eyes on, so that was what the reference was for those who don't know she what stuck, I'm talking about. She stuck googly eyes on everything. And, um, uh, I think the only googly eyes that are left are on the amplifier. And that's not going to go away. No, yeah. Well, until I, <laughs> if I ever swap the amplifier out. But no, the a lot of the uh, the rest of them fell off, or I've now swapped out gear. Mm-hmm. And so, yep, the the googly eyes. Oh, that was that's it, great. Somebody said, somebody said that that's a really good idea on the camera because it reminds you to look at the lens. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that that's true. It did help do that. Yeah. You got to stick them on your Sony's now. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> Going around taking pictures of people and they see googly eyes aimed at them. They're like, this guy's a freak. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to ask about that because I'm like, oh, they re- he retired the webcams and they've seen so much over the years and now he's upgrading. I was expecting to see like, you know, a one millimeter uh, you know, focus depth and, you know, everything else behind you blurred from now on, but well, because you got the green screen yeah, and so it, it doesn't add anything by adding a lot of bokeh to the, to the yeah. background. Yeah. So I'm just using the kit lens. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, question I ask everyone, I didn't get a chance to ask you last time, but who are your Elmers and ham heroes? Uh, so the first, the first person that introduced me to radio this is Richard Crum that I met when I was working at Boeing. He's the guy that took me to Anaheim HRO so I could get my first radio and inter- you know got me what 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 did I get? I got the Yesu FT60 and the uh, Gordon West book on getting my technician license. And so that was that was pretty quick. I was on the technician path real fast. And that eventually led to APRS, right? So I started playing around with APRS. That was like my, my first gateway drug into like, oh, you can do digital oh hf <laughs> oh you know all that stuff uh as far as elmer modern elmers it's definitely dave ke0og i think yeah the og is and i think rightfully so he's been picked up by the arrl and he's doing a lot of good work with them i think he is just a fantastic elmer and does the youtube thing right 
He makes amazing content, always in the, the tilt towards helping people get licensed and really encouraging people and does it in a, in a way that he really focuses on, on being factually accurate, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you want from an Elmer. And if you notice, he never shames anybody or makes anybody feel bad. Mm-hmm. Even when the questions that he gets on the live stream, you're kind of looking at it like, well, okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> well, all right. Um, I, I would like to hope that I answer questions even nearly as, as good as he does, uh, but he's always a, go- a good example of that. And then, of course, Gordon West. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy that in, in my being asked to take over a ham nation, I get to hang out with people that are all Elmers in different ways to yeah. me, right? Yeah. Gordon West, Randy. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Randy. Mm-hmm. So much cool stuff that Randy does. Don, um, Will Banks, oddly enough, I, not necessarily my radio Elmer, but my kind of video slash audio professional um, Elmer, if you will, or mentor in some cases, in that it's... It, it, I, I've learned a lot just from him, the osmosis of working with him, consummate professional, but still has fun in, in the whole process of doing the videos. It's, it's just so much, it's so much, it's so, it's such a gift to be able to uh, take that over and, and be able to keep it going. I feel very honored. Uh, I'm honored in being able to do that. I got uh, Dave Kastler's theme song in my head right now. When you mentioned Yeah. You him. know what, you know what always cracks me up <laughs> about Dave Kastler's video is that random walking dude. Random Remember walking? the walking dude? He no. had the animation of the dude that just walks from one side of the screen to the other. He used to do it a lot in the older no, I videos. Don't that. And then occasionally it'll show up in some of the new <laughs> ones. And I'm like, whoa, hey, walking dude's back. <laughs> I'm like, what's up with that? I, I still don't know why. I got a, I got an email and he's like, Dave, tell me about this walking guy. Where, where, where did that come from? What, what does that have to do with radio? Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> just kind of threw it in there. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, trust me, everybody that's listening right now, they're like, oh, yeah, the walking dude. Walking dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and gordo i hope to see yeah. him again at pacificon next month but uh are you going to pacificon i don't think so no okay. as of right now i don't think so i i would like to and i need to do a final check on if if it's all where i would stay because i'd probably just drive up there because it's in the mm-hmm. it's in the uh bay area right yeah it's uh kind of uh past the hills of the bay area yeah, it's one of those things where it's like if I drive, my wife is going to be mad because I'd be taking her car. Mm. And if I fly, it's like 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's I close enough for me that I could technically drive there every day I want to go there. But mm-hmm. I ended up getting a room anyway because I didn't want to worry about it. I didn't want to do like a hour and a half drive. Are rooms sold out? Are there still I don't think so. Rooms? I mean, I, I registered res- uh, recently. So, is it at? Did you register yeah, at the hotel? It, it's at the venue, yeah. Think How far it. is it from the airport? Um, I would say it's about an hour from maybe, yeah, about an hour from the Oakland airport. Is that the closest one? Yeah. Hmm. So you'd have to rent a car. Yep. Hmm. Well, now you got me thinking again about it. We will. Who knows? We can talk more. Okay. <laughs> but it would be great to meet you in person. But, yeah. Yeah. I was talking about Gordo. I hope to see him. I saw him at Pacificon 2018 and mm-hmm. I've been corresponding with him as well. I've been trying to get him on Hamdom Thoughts. I think he's going. Yeah, yeah. There's breakfast with Gordo, so he's definitely going to be there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, shoot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. I'll introduce myself because he probably doesn't know who I am, but I'll say, hey, I'm the guy who's been emailing you about an interview. And uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, been- he got out there and he did a video recently, a video interview with one of the YouTubers. 
Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Um, it was W. I always get this wrong. It's either WJ6F, I think. Craig? He he was. I think so. Yeah. He was on his stream. That's cool. Yeah. That I think a, that's great. That was a very good interview as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that's already an hour, dude. Wow. We've you got, been right there. Uh, you got anything else that you want to say, plug, give advice about before we close? Oh, man. No. Just, I mean, go subscribe if you haven't and uh, join us on the Discord. I really do feel like the Discord is the the happening place for ham radio oh, these it's, days. It's almost too happening at times. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about talking about fear of missing out. Uh, you, there's so much going on in Discord. Sometimes I hop in there and I can't. It's also one of those things I got to be careful with my time. If I start clicking on the different chat rooms, I'll yeah. just get sucked into all these conversations and start chat with people. It's like, oh man, I'm going to be here again, you know, for another two hours, and I got yep. I got stuff I got to do. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, definitely, definitely go check that out. I, I do. I, I it, it's it's wild how so many people kind of say, "Oh, the internet's killing ham radio." I'm like, no, man, the internet's bringing it all together. The internet's bringing us more people. The internet's making it easier to find the answers to the questions you have. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's absolutely the internet is like the best accessory for ham radio, oh, like yeah. ever. It makes, I can't imagine, can, can anyone imagine a time before QRZ looking up call signs? Yeah. That was, right? I mean, just, just simple <laughs> stuff like that. And that's integrated yeah, into that's, all the apps we use. you really think about it, yeah. Right? So before that, what did you do? Uh, I don't even know what we did. What did we have? A, a, a catalog that we had to go, yeah. we had to fax ourselves a, a catalog of all the uh, ham radio call signs. Yeah, it's kind of like me we, when I picked up that uh, Cantronics. I mm-hmm. had no idea where to go or look up anything. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of hunting around. I was tuning around on the on my HT, just trying to find beeps and boops on, on the air. So hopefully that was packet. <laughs> I, I didn't know where to find anything back then. Yeah. I, I talked about this a little bit on a video where my first HF, I, I did it all the wrong way. You know, the way nobody that I recommend people don't do like I did. Uh, my first radio was a QRP radio. It was an LNR LD five was my first HF radio. And I wanted to get on digital and the only place that you could go look up information or that that came back to you when you googled it was um qrz and sure enough you get into posts and, and you get like 70 percent of the answer that you were looking for but that last 30 percent you couldn't get there because nobody had the same radio as you yeah nobody had that radio so i was like <laughs> well shoot what do i do and it was the first time i was doing it took forever to figure that out emailing back and forth to the um the owners of the company and they're like hey man we just put the the thing in there and uh this is the the spec sheet for the device we're using and see if you can figure it out it, it was just it was always a pain but now it's like shoot there's a video for everything yep. there's multiple blog posts it hey, makes a lot easier. you just hop into discord and say hey how do i connect x yeah boom yeah. you got like three different answers right away you've got a you've got a 24 7 like helpline for ham radio now which is just crazy it's just crazy awesome yeah but radio ham radio is hard i don't know it is, but it, it draws those people in that, that like to be frustrated at all times by technology. Yes. And that's kind of what we, we thrive on. We're all problem solvers and we love the challenge. That's right. Yep. Well, Josh, it's been great. Thank you again for uh, volunteering. I, I, we talked in the after chat. That's how this mm-hmm. happened. Yep. And you were saying, yeah, it sounds like you're working a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I've been having trouble lining up guests. You're like, well, if you want. I can, uh, you know, we can, we can schedule something. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll get Hosh back on. 
Yeah, no, it's it's always an honor being on uh, your podcast. I do appreciate all the interviews you do, and I I definitely appreciate and understand how difficult it is to line up interviews that you do every time you podcast. Yeah. That's very difficult. I there's time that goes into all that because yeah. it's it's not the it's not the podcast you're about to do that's time consuming. It's the the next one and the one after that that you've got to get pre planned yes. before the next one comes out. Yeah. And then me so, and Charlie yeah. also tried our hand at the solo podcast. He did the solo stream. Mm-hmm. And those are hard. What is this? What do you mean solo stream? You're just monologuing. That? You know? Oh. You got no interview to get guest. You just you're just talking about stuff. And I talked about stuff that had been building up for over the past month of not producing a podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, I was able to talk about some interesting things, especially in MCOM. But yeah, I can't see myself doing that very often. I, I don't think I could <laughs> <laughs> do a live stream that I just turned the things on and just looked at the camera and started going. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I could do that without well, then having that's basically vlogging. preparation time. <laughs> live vlogging. <laughs> yeah. But even when you're vlogging, you're out doing something. Yeah. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. You're not just like in a room talking. I mean, sometimes, but that's not really a vlog. That's more just a talking head video. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thank you very much again. It's always great talking to you. I'm like, Sometimes I can't believe it. I'm just like, oh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was I was watching these folks. You know, now I know these folks by name, and and they're coming on my show. This is awesome. Oh, we're <laughs> we're just like everybody else. It's uh, it, it's it's kind of surreal. I, every day of the week, I go to work and I hang out with you know everybody that's not hams, and then I go somewhere where there are hams, and people are running up to me and they're shaking my hand and you know mm-hmm. they're saying all this great stuff which is amazing i love it but it's like very surreal that you can almost turn it on and off like a switch almost oh it's yeah like, yeah go to the hro and you know everybody's saying hi but at the end of the day I'm, I'm no different than anybody else i'm just crazy enough to make videos i guess and put them out on a weekly basis yeah well hundreds of thousands also think it's interesting <laughs> obviously <laughs> well yeah that, and i appreciate that that obviously there wouldn't be a channel without you all watching it so I, it means yeah. a lot all right josh i'll let you go here but uh say seven three for now i'll catch you online all right seven three everybody thanks thank you been listening to Hamdom Thoughts by AD6DM. Thanks a lot. We'll catch you again next time.